combination of the artists and the printers working together is extraordinary. Hello, print friends, and welcome. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. Each week I chat with artists who use print-based media to do something beyond the expected. This is a bilingual podcast, so if you subscribe to us, you'll be getting episodes in English with me, as well as Spanish with Ronaldo Gilzambrano. Together we speak to printmakers around the globe about their practice and passions in the world of printmaking. Hello Print Friend is brought to you by Speedball Art Products, who've been a leading innovator and a leading manufacturer of printmaking products for over 50 years. Speedball speed screens answer the call to have an easy-to-use way to screen print no matter what your experience level. Whether printing at home, studio, or classroom, these ready-to-use mesh screens allow you to create permanent photographic stencils without the need to mix emotions or cold the screen. All you need is your design and you're ready to print. Pick up the speed screen print for the most affordable way to get all the materials necessary to print your next masterpiece. There's a link in the show notes. Hey, print friends, I have some hot printmaking goss for you. The Turner Print Museum at California State University in Chico is looking for a new curator. Since its establishment in 1981, the Turner has become an important university museum and archive devoted exclusively to printmaking. In 2016, the Turner moved to a new state-of-the-art building designed for the museum's specific needs, which includes gallery, storage, and studio space for a collection of over 4,000 prints. This is a full-time position with benefits. I was lucky enough to visit the print department of Chico a few years ago, and this is a special place. They're going to open the application on the 21st of March, but the position will be open until filled. So, interested print friends, shake your tail feathers. There's a link in the show notes. My guest this week is Paula Panchenko, director of Tandem Press at the University of Wisconsin at Madison. We talk about the founding of this iconic institution, what it is about Tandem that brings such big-name artists to come and collaborate, what it's like to have David Lynch come and knock on your door, and of course, the exciting upcoming SGCI conference hosted by the University of Wisconsin. So without further ado... Sit back, relax, with Tandem Press. Hi, Paula. How's it going? Very well. How are you out in the state of Washington? Uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually in uh, New Mexico at the moment, so it is oh my cold and dry. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to getting up in your neck of the woods in just maybe a little over a week's time here and seeing Madison and I've seen Tandem. I've never been there. So I'm really chuffed that our timing for this conversation worked out so we could connect uh, before the big event. Yeah, we're very excited about the big event. <laughs> so my colleagues over in the art department have been working so hard for such so many months yeah. that I think it's going to be terrific. Oh, wonderful. Well, we will we will definitely get to this mysterious big event <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> um, a little later on. But just before we kind of get into all of it, would you please introduce yourself and let people know who you are and where you are and what you do? Okay. 
Well, um, I am the director of Tandem Press, and I have been here for a very long time, 33 years. I joined the press in 1989, and I've been working here ever since. And um, Tandem um, is 100% a part of the University of Wisconsin, but we raise 85% of our funding through the sale of prints. And um, we get some funding from the university. Uh, They uh, pay the rent on our building. And the rest of our funding we raise through fundraising. Mm -hmm. And then for you, you know, just kind of to get a little backstory about coming to Tandem, um, where did you grow up and, and what role did art play in that part of your life? Oh, okay. My, um, I grew up in Dublin in Ireland. I was born there and um, my parents um, were um, not, they were very interested in the arts. Uh, my father actually began his career as an actor and that's how he put himself through law school. And then he founded the Teachers Union of Ireland And then in his mid-40s, he decided to do a PhD, and he went to do that at Trinity College in Dublin, and then he was asked to join the faculty, and then he became dean of the business school, and he wrote extensively on trade unionism in in Ireland. And um, he uh, was an avid theatre-goer, and he was on the board of the Abbey Theatre, and um, he would. He and my mother went to every single play. And then my mother, uh, look, uh, I have a brother and a sister, and my brother is actually a musician, and my sister is a teacher. And um, my mother uh, married my father when she was 19, so she had the three of us by the age of 26. Mm. And then at the age of 40, she decided she had to do something um, because we were all growing up. And so she actually was a, started off as a volunteer at um, an institution called Archbishop Marsh's Library, which was founded in 1701. Mm -hmm. And she ultimately became the keeper of the library, which is basically the director. And um, the library is um, over 300 years uh, old, and it was founded by Archbishop Narcissus Marsh, who was the provost of Trinity College. And at the same time, across the street, Jonathan Swift was the dean of St. Patrick's Cathedral. And they hated each other (laughs) so much that there's nothing in a personal row today that can could compete with what they said to each other. So anyway, my mother, it was a very sleepy institution and my mother really brought it to life and raised lots and lots of money, a lot of it in the United States actually. And she had the whole library restored and she also got a bindery built and she wrote extensively on the library. So 
it was very interesting growing up in our house because everybody always talked about their own thing mm. and was always no everybody was always interrupting everybody else so it was a lot of fun and very very um it was very exciting place to grow up absolutely that's such a dynamic um environment with yeah libraries and feuds and trade unions and phds <laughs> i mean that sounds wonderful yeah yeah it was very exciting and then yeah. so for you where does printmaking come into your story were you uh, a printmaker yourself or a scholar, you know, before coming to Tandem, what was that part of your life and that relationship to the medium? Well, interestingly enough, I, um, when I uh, left high school, um, I um, was very uh, interested in going to art school. And in Ireland, um, art schools are not really in universities. They're connected now, but when I went, they weren't. And there was the uh, National College of Art and Design, which you would consider an academy, essentially. But they had been on strike for a couple of years. And my father said to me, you know, Paula, this strike is very um, lacking in resolution. And so I really think you should change your mind and go to the university. So I studied art history and archaeology instead at the university. And so that's how I basically became very interested in all forms of art and printmaking. Um, and then I won a scholarship and I went to Italy for a year. I went to the University of Florence and that's where I met my husband who was mm. doing a doctorate in art history through Italian. And so the first thing he he collected, he collected prints. So there we go. That's how it went. And then he convinced me to come to live in America. He told me it wouldn't be so rainy. That was a bit strange, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it snows in Wisconsin a lot. But we, um, I went back to Ireland for five years and I worked for the Arts Council of Ireland and I was the visual arts officer. So I came to know a lot about printmaking, going to visit many exhibitions. And there were a couple of printmaking studios there, too. And then um, in my late 20s, I moved to America mm. and um, set up an organization called Ireland America Arts Exchange. And I invited Lucy Lepard to curate a show of contemporary Irish art. And it toured throughout the U.S. and Canada. And I set up a program at PS1 for Irish artists. And, we, and that program existed then, but they when they went through all their renovations and mm. the Museum of Modern Art took over, it it, it d didn't continue. But at that stage, I had moved on to work at the Arts Council, the Arts Board here in Wisconsin, and then I came to work at Tandem Press. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand coming from Western Washington. I've heard that Western Washington and Ireland have similar weather patterns, which is just a lot of gray. <laughs> a lot, a of, lot of gray. But yeah. a lot of green, too. Yes, that's the trade-off. You know, and then, of course, you know, just short and just spectacularly beautiful summers. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you came to Wisconsin and you came to Tandem. And it had already been around for, for two years at that point. So Correct. can you talk us through it that kind of lead up to the opening of Tandem and the motivation? behind it? 
Well, it was founded by a professor in the art department who unfortunately passed away last year. His name was Bill Wiggy. He was a very imaginative artist and he was on the faculty uh, in the printmaking area. And he had set up his own press called Jones Road Press in um, the early 1970s. But the thing that really um, was a big inspiration for him in the 60s, um, when he was a student, he uh, the art department had two faculty lines that they had actually devoted entirely to visiting artists. And so a lot of very, very famous artists came in, like Rosenquist and many others. And he felt that the exposure to our professional artists was extraordinary. It's pretty much like the professors taught you the techniques, but to be exposed to the creative process was uh, an amazing thing. And so um, uh, at the end of the uh, 70s and early 80s, um, he set up a second press called Off Jones Road Press. And then a in the middle of the 80s, he began to think that this uh, press should exist at the university where visiting artists would come in and students could work there and they could be exposed to the creative process, make contacts with artists. And rather than just being taught techniques, they could observe all the aspects of creativity. Mm. And so that was his vision right from the beginning. And it really hasn't changed. I mean, it was a terrific vision and it's still there. And we just um, have continued on to bring in artists from all over the U.S. and abroad and we have expanded a lot of things and we've raised money now for, you know, scholarships and that sort of thing so that students aren't, you know, uh, can be paid properly, et cetera, et cetera. So, it, I mean, it was definitely his vision from the very beginning. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then when you came on, you know, what were some of your visions and your ambitions that you were bringing to tandem that you've got to see manifest over the time that you've been there? Well, I um, was always very interested in, well, first of all, I, when I first came to Wisconsin, I worked for the Wisconsin Arts Board. So I had heard about tandem and I actually had um, uh, gone to the opening, the very first opening that Bill Wiggy had. Um, he had Sam Gilliam and then he had Alan Shields. And I went to those openings and um, I met the curator at the time who, you know, was interested in raising funds and so on and so forth. So I had a very good kind of idea of what it did and how it worked. And um, to be very honest, I was really bored at the Wisconsin <laughs> Arts Board. Uh -huh. um, I had come from working at the Irish Arts Council, and that was really an incredibly exciting job because the man who was the director was just so creative and we did so many interesting things. And my job was only about like 20% dealing with grants. And the rest of the time we had to organize exhibitions and we had to 
purchase art for the collection. And we had to come up with all sorts of collaborative projects because at that time, um, in the early 1970s, there had been a great attempt at peace in Northern Ireland Mm -hmm. and um, the Sunningdale Agreement went through and it completely failed when the unionists called a massive strike. But out of that emanated the idea that the institutions that dealt with the same thing in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland should collaborate. So when I came in to work for the Arts Council in, it was the... uh, Fall of 19, it was around 1975, I think I came in. You know, I had to go to Belfast every month and work with the visual arts officer at the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, and we began all these collaborative projects. So it was really exciting, and there were really amazing people on our board of directors. It was, you know, they were chosen by the prime minister, and so Seamus Heaney was on the board and all these great kind of creative people. I mean, I was totally scared out of my mind. But then when (laughs) I came to having to do with people of such, you know, creative force. But when I came to the arts, to the to the arts board, um, there had been kind of a very, uh, I don't know, sort of very difficult situation had arisen with staffing and board members and it was very political and people, you know, on all sides of the aisle didn't like each other and whatever. And here I was coming from Ireland and I was like, what? (laughs) And so um, they were, you know, and I was kind of like, oh my God, you know, and our director didn't want to do anything. I mean, he just didn't want to rock the boat. And I mean, I'd worked for somebody who like was, wasn't rocking the boat. They were shaking the boat, Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, so I was really kind of, you know, thinking like, oh, I need to do something else. And so, I, you know, I, I did the thing that people usually do. I went around, I chatted with a few people if they knew of anything that was coming up. And they, someone said to me, well, Tandem Press, you know, it's just started and they're looking for some new kind of people. And so I applied for the job and got it. And so I just loved it. I mean, it was so these amazing artists coming in and people doing really experimental work. And it was just, you know, I mean, it just rocked for Mm. me. And then um, they hadn't really, they had a curator, but they hadn't had somebody to kind of do the administration. And so in the beginning, I did a lot of administration. I mean, I still do a lot of administration, but I did a lot in the very beginning. And so I had to just reach out and like just talk to people and say, how how do you do this? You know, so I'm great friends at the moment with Graphic Studio. But at the time, it was very funny because Donald Saff was running Graphic Studio and I really did not know a lot at all, uh, but I wanted to see something. So mm. I went down to have a look and he wouldn't allow me into the studio oh my gosh. because he was afraid I would sort of spill some trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know any secrets <laughs> to steal, you know. And then when I came back to Tandem, I was just like, I said to the printers, they wouldn't allow me in because they have this new secret technique with wax. <laughs> and I remember the, uh, Andy Rubin worked here at the time and he said to me, Paula, the printers all talk to each other. We all know what they're doing, you know. And I said, oh, my goodness, that's funny. So anyway, I mean, but it was very exciting and it still is very exciting. I mean, it's, um, you know, to be exposed to artists, to see the way they think 
it's fascinating. I mean, yeah. I'm always mesmerized. And to, I think for people to be exposed, particularly the students, I mean, you really kind of have to learn how to fail. And mm. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. But when you see somebody really working on something and they're able to say, this isn't working out, I'm going to scrap this and do this. I think all those lessons are just so amazing that to learn that and be exposed to it, because it can give you great confidence to really pursue an idea that you have yourself and Mm. know where to go with it. And I I think that's what we all experience here every day. Yeah. And you know, to be able to see artists who are at the level in their career, you know, who often come to tandem and have them still go through the process of mm-hmm. showing a bit how the sausage is made and showing that not every idea works out and showing that sometimes mm-hmm. you have to pivot violently in the middle of a project in order to save Correct. it. I mean, that's got to yeah. be just wonderful for young students who I'm sure idolize some of the artists that you get to work with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you also end up realizing that it's such a privilege. You're exposed to this. And it's, I mean, it's a great privilege. And so I think that that's kind of another huge um, um, honor, really, Mm. to be, to have a position like this and to have been exposed to all these amazing people. Yeah, definitely. And do you find that you know, that there's just a huge variety of techniques and, and ways that artists go about their image making process, um, you know, that varies from artist to artist and how they relate to the medium. And that that must be a part of it as well for the students, I would imagine, is just seeing, you know, the, the thousand different ways you can actually work your art making. Yeah, there's no question about that. And the other thing I think that I am in awe of our printers because um, they have expanded all the different things that we can do here at this stage. Mm. Because in the beginning, money was very tight, but we have a lot of supporters who really love Tandem. And so we've been able to raise funding to buy, you know, different types of equipment for the printers. So people can come in and do a whole series of things. They can do lithography. They can do lithography and etching. They can do etching, lithography, and wood block. Mm -hmm. They can also do digital if they want to and combine all these media. And I think that that's been a great addition to Tandem over the years. And the fact that the students can kind of see that happening, um, I think that's tremendous for them. And it's sort of funny, I mean, I remember years ago when I first came in, um, I remember we had a board member from Birmingham, Alabama, and he brought in somebody to help us with a strategic plan. And this guy's name was Stretch Dunn. (laughs) And he had been a... Um, a strategic advisor or did strategic advisory meetings in the military. 
Mm. And one of the things, and I, of course, I, I do have to say, you know, I was sort of like, oh, my God, he would, will know nothing about art. There's nothing. <laughs> that, you know, I was really very, I mean, I have to say that was very snooty. And um, I just could not believe how great he was. He was amazing. He came up with the jingle with his group, um, Be All You Can Be for the Army. Oh, my so, gosh. Um, I know. He was like, he was an extraordinary man. Anyway, um but one of the things that he said, I remember, really, he said, um, Will, do you think that technology will affect printmaking in any way? Because this was a conversation he had with me before we met with our advisory board and all the staff and everything. And I said, oh, no, not at all. This is an ancient technique. No, not at all. No. I, I tell that story because it was like the biggest, like, faux pas in mm. imagination that I could have ever had. <laughs> I mean, when I see what we have right now in terms of technology and how it's changed things, we have a technology studio off our main studio and we have all this equipment and, you know, people can try out whatever they want and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that was like the most ridiculous thing. So everybody has their computers and we can, I mean, that's how we survived through COVID. I yeah. mean, we invited artists in to work with us who had worked with us before and knew how we worked. And we were able to do everything through Zoom or like Skype or the mail or woodblocks were crossing the country. You know, I mean, it was like fantastic. And it was all because of technology, not only with the equipment that we have to do uh printmaking, but also the uh, what we were able to do in a pandemic like this. Mm. It was technology that just like was extraordinary. So I think that uh, I'll never forget the names, Mr. Stretch done. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Stretch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that actually that leads in really well to my next question for you was, had to do with the fact that research is a big part of what Tandem does. And, um, you know, I know that we have a, a lot of different listeners to the podcast. Some people are in academia. Some people are not in academia. And so I'm wondering if maybe you could just talk about, like, what does research mean in the context of printmaking? And then also, you know, how specifically does that manifest at Tandem? Well, I mean, the mission of the university is... Um, uh, education, research, and outreach. And so, <clears throat> ultimately, we do those three things. Um, so, it's in terms of research, though, what we... Um, I think that our printers are the people who really lead um, in terms of what they're able to offer an artist. Mm. You know, they see... They, they study the work. They see what the artist how the artist works in other media, um, because primarily we do bring in people who generally work in other media. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to turn that over, a, a skill over to the artist. So I'll give you a good example. Um, so Jeffrey Gibson came to Tandem and um, the uh, he was, you know, he did it actually... Uh, there was a demonstration, which one of our printers did for him, of maybe doing a print on a drum. And so now it was very complicated and it would probably be much better for your listeners to have 
one of our printers here describing this. But basically, the drums were all made by um, uh, a gentleman in North Carolina uh, who is um, from, uh, from an indigenous group. But when you looked at the drums, while they looked like they were completely even and so on and so forth, they weren't. So every drum was different. So the printers had to build a um, a jig so that the drum would not move when the ink went through the silk screen onto the drum. Mm-hmm. And it was very complicated. And we did a video of this for the um, for the uh, International Fine Print Dealers Association, and it was really, really interesting because the, there were all sorts of technical problems that arose. But the fact that it was documented and people could see how it was done—I mean, those sorts of things occur in the research and because of the skills of the printers. I mean, the printers are collaborative printmakers with the artists, and they see what they might be able to do for them. They make the suggestions, and then the artist comes back with additional suggestions. And you really see a lot of things in the area of research taking place. Mm. Um, then there are, uh, you know, we're just publishing, going about to publish a new book on Tandem, which yes. is our thir- because it's our 35th anniversary. And, you know, we are writing about what the artists did and how they did it. And of course, you know this because Sarah, ha- Sarah Kirk Hanley has written the essay. And which is fantastic. So, and we do uh, we do uh, newsletters and publications where we really kind of show people what we do and how we do it. We also have tremendous curators, and they are very good writers, and they're able to document things very well. So we try to ensure that when somebody comes, that we the artists are interviewed and then describe what they do and how they do it so that we can, you know, give that knowledge out to people who are interested and also to the students who come, but also to our general audiences who follow us. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like that the, you know, the documentation and dissemination (laughs) of the products of the challenges that come in tandem through working with these artists, you know, that that's a really big part of what you do. Um, and of course, you know, with the magic of the internet and everyone's cell phone having a relatively high resolution video camera in it now, that must have just really taken off, I would guess, in the last five, 10 years um, mm-hmm. of what you can do in, in terms of that, that documentation and then that exchange of knowledge as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, it's very exciting. And uh, I mean, you can just, um, I you know, the combination of the artists and the printers working together is extraordinary. And then when the, um, I mean, the interesting thing for us is that our curator is an artist. One of our curators is an artist, Mishka Lewis. And then our financial manager is also an artist, mm. and then she teaches printmaking as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, I mean, ultimately, I'm really the only non-printmaker here. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I just, 
I enjoy it all though, very much. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm I am a non printmaker living in the print world, and uh, you know, I describe myself as print adjacent. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> great, print adjacent. Yeah, I'll I, have to remember that. It's it's a good way to try and explain, you know, how it is we do what we do, and right. and since you 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 brought up. Uh, the forthcoming book. I did want to ask about that um, because you said uh, Sarah Kirk Hanley's uh, going to be writing it. And yeah, what else can you tell us about it? Because, you know, 30, documenting the first 35 years is no small undertaking. Well, actually, we documented the first 25 years. Mm. So this is really more of uh, what happened between 25 and 35. Okay, gotcha. So um, so we're highlighting the work of 20 artists and we've reached back a little bit um, for a couple of people who have left us, um, Bill Wiggy and um, David Shapiro, um, who did some very interesting things, of course. Um, and um, so I think it'll be, and Sarah has written a wonderful essay. Actually, I was just proofing it today. So um, we... Uh, it will be uh, where it, it's not going to be a catalogue. It doesn't actually relate to any particular show. It's going to be a book. And we have a wonderful young woman, Amy Canestra, who's also an artist who is designing it for us. And the editor just sent back a lot, almost everything today um, for proofing. And um, so it's, um, it's, a, it's a 10-year um, a sort of review. And then at the museum, um, there's going to be a, fa- a fantastic exhibition that the new curator there, James Wen, has put together of five presses in the upper Midwest and mm. what they've contributed. Um, so that's another amazing exhibition that will in- that includes Tandem. So we're getting um, lots of um, coverage. And then here at Tandem itself, when you come and visit, um, we have a show up that the printmaker, the printers put together. Mm. And it's called um, Behind the Scenes. Uh-huh. And that basically is showing... Um, Works of art um, that have been created with the blocks that have gone with them. Mm. So, for example, we have a wonderful uh, image that Alison Saar did um, called Blonde Dreams. And beside that are the three wood blocks that she herself carved. So that's yeah, it's that's really, really exciting. And then we have um, blocks that Jim Dine carved with a uh, uh, a router, right? Like a power tool? Not a router. Not um, a router. Um, no. What do you cut down a tree with? Oh, a chainsaw? A chainsaw. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I knew I used a power tool. So, yeah, a chainsaw. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, which he brought with him. He brought his own <laughs> chainsaw with him. And you can really see that it was definitely something different when you look at the block. Yeah. And then we have the beautiful blocks that uh, Alison Saar also did, linoleum blocks, um, which we've mounted to wood uh, for a piece that she did called Reapers. And mm. she always does her own carving. And then we have um, uh, blocks that Robert Cottingham uh, for a, a, a did for a piece called um, 
Corona, which is an image of a typewriter. And two of the blocks are carved by hand, but the other one is carved by a digital cutter. So um, you can see like the technology which has crept in. And he said that, you know, it would never have been really possible to carve that block or else it would have taken maybe a year or two to carve it. Mm. Um, So that was done much more uh, quickly. And I do have to kind of give uh, a nod to Judy Pfaff. You know, Judy Pfaff has come here since the early 1990s. And every so often when she was here in residence, she would knock on my door and she would say, Paula, I would say, yes, Judy. She would say, you have to write another grant. And I would say, okay, what do I need? Okay, Paula, I'm going to write down what you need. And the next time I come back, I hope they're all here. (laughs) Anyway, but she would do that every time she visited. So um, that was really funny. And so we have, um, you know, laser cutters and so on and so forth. We have all everything now that anybody would want. So... um, but um, I, I feel I should put a little, uh, like, signs up. Thanks to Judy Fab, right. besides the person who, did, who gave the money to do it. Yeah. But uh, she was always very kind of, you have to do this, Paula. You have to do that. You, mm-hmm. I mean, it, this was very important. Yeah. We yeah. had another great um, thing that happened with an artist who knocked on my door. You know when people knock on your door and they say to you, like, um, would you mind if we sat down and talked? And you go like, oh, my God, what is wrong? You know, your stomach. Oh, absolutely. Winks. So this happened with David Lynch, the movie director. He's done quite a few prints with oh, us. Oh, I, I think I would be very intimidated if David Lynch <laughs> knocked on my door. And... Yeah, well, he, he knocked on my door. And can I talk to you, Paula? Oh, my God. And I said, yes, of course, please sit down. And he said to me, yeah, me saying that. Can you believe it? And um, he said, you know, Paula, um, music is very important to the printers. And I immediately went into the university mode of rules and regulations, thinking to myself, I can't buy music. It's an illegal purchase. I can't buy it. Mm. And he said, and he said, you have a terrible sound system here. And then I went into this kind of thing. Oh, my God. Music is bad enough. This is in my mind. But there's no way I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. There's no way I can buy a sound system for the printers. I'm I'm kind of getting mildly hysterical. And he said, so he looked at me. I am going to buy a sound system oh, for them. Oh my gosh, I love that. It was, yeah, it was so great. And so he bought a Bang & Olufsen sound system for them. And then uh, a couple of months later, when it all arrived, <coughs> we all called him on the phone um, to thank him. Um, uh, and he, when he answered the phone, he said, well, what color are the speakers? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so cute. But anyway, you know, there's always like uh, wonderful stories with artists. You know, they're very um, outgoing in many ways, yeah. but very uh, thoughtful and generous in other ways. That's and, lovely. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to ask, because I know that part of the reason why artists, you know, big name artists, you know, we've we've talked to just a few there from Dine to Saar to Lynch, um, are, they're drawn to working at Tandem because of the willingness to take on these ambitious print-based projects. And I'm wondering if you've got a few 
in mind that you've seen that, you know, you really stuck with you as a story that maybe you weren't entirely sure it was going to come together. And, and then it did. I'm sure you've seen quite a few ambitious undertakings. Yeah. Yes, we have. Um, I would say uh, one, I mean, one of the things I learned here, not being a printmaker, is that you know, everything is so complex and that, um, you know, an abstract work can maybe be much more difficult to print or make mm-hmm. a print than something that's more figurative. You know, it would seem much easier, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. And the same things that people want that looks as if it's going to be easier to do is actually much harder to do. That is kind of one thing I've noticed. But Judy Pfaff is like one, I think, of the most kind of amazing people who we've worked with in terms of um, pushing the boundaries of what not only what she does, but what she wants us to do. Um, and I think that that has, um, you know, encouraged everybody here to be supportive of people's ideas and not kind of say, oh, no, there's no way we can do that. Um, Because she, like, she came very early on in tandem. And so now we do very complicated things for a lot of people. But she, at the beginning, wanted to do very complicated things. And it was very exciting. And we, we said, yes, yes, we can do that. And we were thrilled that we did because I think it made everybody think, yeah, we can do this. You know, it'll work out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so I think that that was, um, that was kind of remarkable. One of the things that, you know, it's like just knowing a whole lot of different kinds of people with different types of personalities. But Judy is a person who really thinks out loud. I don't think I've ever met anybody as as uh, who thinks out loud as much as she does. Hmm. And I think that that has been a fantastic experience for people because when someone's thinking out loud, it may not always be confident. It may be like, oh my god, that maybe she won't be able to do this or something. But it's a, a, a total privilege that she feels confident enough to say, I don't know if this is working, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this will work. And maybe we this really can't be done. Or, And it's just thinking out loud all the time. All the time she does that. She's kind of remarkable in that way. And each artist who comes, they all bring their own kind of, um, you know, personality to the shop. Um, what I mean, I think all printmaking studios probably do the same thing. I mean, we never have anybody else's work in the studio. When the artist comes in, we say, this this studio is your studio now. Mm. You can do what you want, and so on and so forth. And um, that's really intriguing. So, but we're very, it's it's a real privilege to be exposed to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to make sure that we have enough time to chat about the big event that we've been uh, mentioning in passing throughout the course of our chat. And of course, that is um, Southern Graphics Council International Conference, SGCI 2022, um, our our shared future that's going to be hosted um, in Madison. And so I'd love for you to 
talk about what Tandem's role is going to be in that. And for everyone who's going to hear this and know that they're going to be in Madison in um, maybe even a few days' time, what can they look forward to? Well, my understanding is that there's 85 panels to start with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that is incredibly exciting. Um, Well, there's going to be so many things. First of all, um, most, well, I want to congratulate at the outset the three primary people who um, got this all going. And that is um, John Hitchcock, who's a professor of printmaking. Um, Emily Arthur, also a professor of printmaking, and Faisal Abdullah, who is the chair of the Southern Graphics mm-hmm. Council and is also on the printmaking uh, faculty. Um, they are three amazing people, and what they have pulled together is remarkable. So what there will be is there will be many panels, there will be the exchanges of prints, lots of people have done portfolios, but there's going to be some very exciting exhibitions. Um, We are involved in so far as we said we would, you know, help out. So at Tandem Press, we will be open every afternoon from one to four for demonstrations. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also going to be a steamroller event that the students are going to do here at Tandem Press. There will also be a bus that will go from all the venues all the time throughout the conference. So people will be able to get around mm. because at the university, there will be there will be there are so many different exhibitions in different locations. So there will be the Chazen Museum of Art, the art department, the art lofts. Then there will be the Madison Museum of Contemporary Art. I think the, there will be um, Edgewood College as a gallery with an exhibition too. And then there will be um, uh, our exhibition here that I described briefly mm-hmm. to you. Um, and um, then Mel Chin is having an exhibition at the Madison Museum of Contemporary Art. And we have a new director there. Uh, Christina Brunhart, and that will be uh, uh, a wonderful show. The Art and Literature Lab is extraordinary, and I think they may also be doing things at the downtown central library. And then there's just going to be oceans of panels and discussions, um, demonstrations. Um, it, it means incredibly exciting. So um, is that answering your question? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, no, I'm just, uh, I'm really excited to have a chance to go because I, you know, have known about University of Wisconsin-Madison and Tandem, you know, really from getting involved in contemporary printmaking for the first time, um, you know, almost 10 years ago when I started over at uh, Davidson Galleries in Seattle. I I had done my master's. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sam Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. you two have of uh, tandem and Davidson galleries have have crossed paths many times at different print many fairs. Times. Yeah, yeah. So I worked Absolutely. with Sam for about four or five years, and it was my first gig in the art world coming out of my MA, where I did a master's with a focus in art history in printmaking, and I had done art history, not really contemporary. So I cut my teeth learning about contemporary art there, and that's when I got to know. 
University of Wisconsin-Madison, and it's it's really um, remarkable reputation for being an incredible print program. Um, and of course, you know, Tandem, and as we've talked about before, the access to the artists that come with that um, are certainly a, a part of it. So it feels like I've been waiting 10 years to go to Madison. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is funny. Wow. Uh, well, I'm delighted you're coming. I really am. I think that's tremendous. And um, we're hoping that um, we'll have a great turnout. Um, I know um, that there's several hundred people coming already. And mm-hmm. I think with the Southern Graphics Conference, I remember the last time it was here, in the last two weeks, a lot more people came when they discovered how many other people were coming. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping that will happen too. Um because I think uh, the mask mandate will be um, uh, uh, lifted on mm-hmm. the 12th of March. And we, Madison is um, the most vaccinated place in the whole state. Um, so that's, you know, it's very safe. Yeah. Um, and that's, and it's been like that actually for a long time. But because we have a high number of students, we're just very careful. But um, so everybody follows the rules and it, it, it's fantastic. So, I mean, I think that there will be lots to do. It'll be easy to get around. That bus will be going all the time to different places. And I think that that's terrific. And I think that um, Faisal and John and Emily have just done an amazing mm. job. Yeah. Yeah. I've had Faisal and John on the podcast in the past and they were both wonderful. So I'm Definitely going to have to ask Emily, too, because she's uh, uh, I've heard her name a lot in the context of of this SGCI. But, you know, also just um, the the print world uh, whispers in the print world, you know. So I I just uh, everyone I've talked to at Madison has been just that wonderful mix of intelligent, enthusiastic uh, and talented that we love to have on our side in the print world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's been like, she worked so hard on this, you know, with Faisal and John. I mean, it's just incredible. So I think, yeah, it'll be very exciting. Are you flying in? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And where are you staying? Um, I can't remember one of the hotels close by. I can't remember which one. I just picked okay. it off the SGCI yeah. website and it was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 I think it's walking <laughs> distance though. So, yeah. Okay. So, Tandem is actually three miles from the campus. Okay. So, that's why the so buses why, are key. Oh, yeah. We have a bus, yeah, going around, yeah, all the time. So, that would be great. And um, so, it won't put, and people will be able to get backwards and forwards. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, I am really looking forward to it. Um, I know we met briefly at Art Miami um, and at their little, uh, what was that called? Miami Inc., right? Was that the name of the? Yeah, Miami Inc., which was really, really a neat little show in those little kind of cabanas um, that they had. Very Miami. Um, But I I think it's just going to be wonderful to have an event where we can all get together. And, you know, as you say, between the mask mandates and the high vaccination, and then I know... um, You know, right now we're just really, really fortunate in, in having, you know, this last wave of this variant just plummeting. So 
some sense of normalcy and gathering together. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. going to be very important. Yeah. So good. And I think I'll probably cry because I'd cry a ton. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> I'm just a crier. Um, but I, I'm sure just getting to see everyone together is going to be wonderful. I have such a, a wonderful place in my heart for SGCI conferences. I met my husband at SGCI Atlanta and I married him at SGCI Las Vegas. So. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. What a great story. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe it. It was really, oh, really fun. We were hoping, you know, we could, like, honeymoon in Puerto Rico, right? But unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that's... But we'll, I'm sure we'll be able to make our way back there at some point and, and learn about the, the wonderful printmaking there, too. But, yeah, so it's it's going to really feel like um, like a... A healing salve, I think, to get to uh, just be in that environment again and to have it um, in Madison is really special. So, yeah. Well, we really look forward to welcoming you. I just it, it, I think that that would be fantastic. So we're very excited about you coming. So you should come to Tandem on the first day. I will. No, I I'm definitely will. No no. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. You start meeting people. I know it happens. I know yeah. it happens. But anyway, there'll be, uh, yeah, there, it'll be really, really fun. Lots of people are coming and we're excited. Wonderful. Yeah. And well, we're dying to give tours here. So. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. And, and so, yeah, before we sign off, is there... Um, Anything else on the horizon? I know that SGCI is obviously the big one, but anything else coming up around the corner that people want to look out for um, that's happening at Tandem? Um, well, right now we are um, actually basically just additioning things. We have done some incredibly complicated projects recently. Um, we are... Um, just almost finishing um, two prints for Jeffrey Gibson that are silk screens, but they have an insert in the middle of each of the prints that are made with beads. And we have two people weaving these on looms and each one, which is probably only eight inches high and three inches wide, has 3,630 beads in it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so those, I think, may be finished by the time you come, but you can definitely get to see them. And then... Um, so that's been kind of a remarkable project. And then recently, um, we did, uh, we had Leslie Dill in, mm -hmm. and we've done wonderful new work with her, and that is being additioned right now. And so um, we're kind of, um, we, we want to kind of get, we used to kind of keep bringing in people and then we would fall behind with our production schedule. So now we tend to like not invite in anybody else until we finished what we're actually doing. So, but the next big person who, who, who hasn't been here for quite some time is Cameron Martin. And then the week after um, Southern Graphics, Judy Faff will be here. Wonderful. Oh, I love yes. it. I feel like this is the perfect way to like 
bring the conversation full circle is Judy's return to Tandem. Yeah, and she hasn't been here actually since um, 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. And the reason she hasn't been here is she did such amazing work the last time and she produced so much of it. She did uh, 10 different editions that were all eight feet wide and four feet high. So um, she is incredible. So some of those will be on view for you too. Ah, wonderful. Well, I am, as I keep saying, very excited because I am too excited to be more articulate than just repeating that word. (laughs) You're very articulate. You're very articulate. I have to hear. I think that's very funny that you met your husband at SGC and then you married him and then you just weren't able to go on that honeymoon. Well, anyway, well, we're is honey- he coming? Is he, he coming will. with you this yes, time? Yes. So. Oh, good. Honeymoon I in Madison. To- yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I look forward to meeting him. Yeah, we'll definitely connect. So, thank you so much, Paula. It's been just really delightful to to hear the stories and um, to learn more about Tandem and how you came to it. And I'm yeah, I just really am anticipating the, the that salve of of getting to be at uh, SGCI conference again, um, soothing my soul out of an incredibly upsetting and tumultuous and rocky last few years. So yeah. it's it's yeah. going to be good. And I really look forward It'll to it. It'll be great. Here. It'll be absolutely great. Yeah. If you like today's episode, we have a Patreon where you can help us keep the lights on and get bonus content like Shop Talk Shorts with our editor, Timothy Pauschak, who digs deep on materials, processes, and techniques with our guests. And if you've listened this far, you might be that special kind of print friend who would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It just takes a second, and it really does make a difference. My guest next week is Deborah Grayson. We talk about her practice working with photos of institutionalized black women from archives of insane asylums, and how she goes about handling such sensitive material without further exploiting the subjects. We also talk about the history of racism within scientific and health fields, creating the stories of black women, and how she protects her own mental health while working with such difficult materials. Not to mention her getting her PhD in American Studies while working on the history of black women and quilting in the United States, and the healing power of walks in the woods. You won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing by Timothy Pauschak and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week. Thank you.